Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Hey, 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 Emily. How are you today? Hey, 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 Michelle. I'm I'm doing really well. Thank you. How are you? It's it's good. I have no complaints. Yeah. yeah, it's always great to get back on the microphone and uh, record another episode and connect yeah. with our listeners this way and uh, also to see you on the screen. I know, know. I know. We can't be together as we used to, as often as we used to, and I, I absolutely miss that, but it, it makes me cherish these moments even more. So, yeah. So, no, I'm doing well. I'm staying really busy with some projects and they're starting to, they're starting to come to fruition, which is always rewarding and exciting. And, um, yeah, you know, just despite the, the, this time I'm, I'm still feeling really optimistic. And you have survived celebrating a couple birthdays in the month of May. You started off kicking off with my That's birthday. Right. And then Friday, we celebrated Denise's yes. our producer's birthday um, with, again, a Zoom call, wine. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a lot of fun to meet a lot of Denise's friends via the, through the it was, I'm sorry, it was a Skype call. I'll get my brands it- correct. But. Yeah. And you know what? They did a, something that I thought was a really great idea, you know, because these these Skype birthday parties are becoming more and more common right now or Zoom birthday parties or whatever, the, the online party. And um, Karen Shaler, who we've talked to on a previous yep. conversation, yep. really uh, vibrant woman who's a, a writer, um, had had shared this idea of, hey, why, why doesn't everybody talk about how they met Denise and share a funny story. And I tell you, it was so much fun to, to go around and share the little insights. There was laughter and tears, tears due to, you know, the just the the sweetness and sincerity of it all, but also just tears from the laughter. And it was yeah. such a yeah. great time. Yeah, it was well, a I, I'm, good I'm idea. I'm glad I got to be there for a little bit, but, you know, my dad came through town and yes. uh, he and his uh, companion, Candy, were driving to the lake house in Michigan so they wanted the stops here in St. Louis. So, I, you know, I was hosting. So right. we basically sat on my front porch and do I even admit it on the show? Yes. They finished. I, I asked them to please finish the open bottles that I had in my refrigerator, mm-hmm. which were like um, uh, the Roussan we drank, a couple of the rosés that I'd had, you know, drank on an episode mm-hmm. that I hadn't finished. And so they were helping me and cleaning that out. And then we went through four more bottles of wine. <laughs> That's a good night. A it was a lot. Um, I, it was a lot. It was a great time. The f- weather was fabulous. The front porch was fabulous. There was activity going on on the block. You know, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just really nice. But my dad was feeling it the next day and uh, I had offered him, you know, say, hey, dad, do you want to take a charcoal tablet? Because that's my little secret when mm. you drink too much. Take so a charcoal helpful. tablet. Not a charcoal baguette. Please do not go and eat a case <laughs> after you've been drinking. Um, but the charcoal tablets are digestive aids and they'll soak up what's in your system. And so my dad was feeling it bad the next day because he did not take a charcoal tablet. Yeah, I was awake. 
I got up and I was tired because it was a late night, but yes. it's kind of embarrassing, you know, clinking those wine bottles outside, you know, <laughs> on the back porch and like taking them out a little bit one at a time at the, uh, at the alleyway. But it was a nice visit and um, they've made it safe to Michigan. And so uh, I'm uh, glad to have had them for a little bit. So absolutely. So, I think yeah. that this, this um, quarantine time has definitely... I think the alcohol industry's seen maybe a boom, a little bit of a boom, you know? Yeah, you haven't heard about them laying anybody off or having to <laughs> furlough anybody right now. Right. You know? So, well, let's, oh. um, let's bring our guest on and then Absolutely. we can chat about our wines with our, with the guests since we're still, you know, separated. We are all drinking different wines, which is kind of nice, you know, to have yes. a, a, a multiple, uh, descriptions and choices from. So anyway. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to have a conversation tonight with Beth Ostrander. I I might have to get a correction on that pronunciation because I, I'm a little bit like, um, uh, you know, the woman on Schitt's Creek who likes to just, you know, pronounce things in my own unique way. So <laughs> we'll make sure that I've, I've done that correctly when she comes on. But um, very excited to bring her on. She's a pleasure coach and came to us by means of improv, which of course, Michelle, that's a common right. thread between you and Beth. So Beth, did I pronounce your name correctly? You did, but I keep fantasizing that you will like do different pronunciations with different <laughs> throughout the whole heels. time. No, with different heels. Like we haven't even commented on your awesome oh. heels beside you. <laughs> and every time... <laughs> Anyway, so yes, you got it correct. Great. Um, uh, Emily records in her shoe closet. So she's had to, to, um, um, you know, a a makeshift studio or is it, or is it a makeshift shoe closet? I don't know. Which one is it? You know? You know? It's a little... only thing that could make it even more perfect if you already had a wine rack in there, but I know how you are about (laughs) your wine storage. So... You'd have that have- has a separate space. Yes. Right. Right. Temperature it has a different temperature control system. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm I fear that the more we drink tonight, the more uh pronunciations of your last name. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, to that. so yeah. <laughs> everybody heard it the first time and we'll see what it is at the end of the show. Yes. That's welcome, right. Welcome to Clitterly Speaking. We're glad to have you here. And Beth Thank is you. in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. So you're our first international guest. Wow, I feel very, very honored. That's you should. true. Yeah, like wow. you know, that's yeah. Because I think the furthest east we've gone is Boston. Oh my! Wow. Okay, I'm so and glad you put that together. And if I'm wrong, I apologize to the guests who are on our show. <laughs> we oh well, we east, did have a guest on that's from Italy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, but they were but here. Not they were here, correct? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Michelle, what are you? What what are we? What are we drinking for the wine part tonight? So, for the wine part for me tonight is um, a, P- a Pinot Nero. It's Spanish. It's Ooh. the Antonuti. We've um, met this. We've met this winemaker several times. Um, we've met him at the uh, Wine Merchant, and also at Chateau Maplewood. And I believe this bottle that I have here is from one of the Chateau Maplewood uh, tastings. And it's so it's the Spanish. Oh, I love that. Nice. Um, So this is going to be a bottle that when I finish it, I'm going to have to keep for sure. But um, Antonuti, and it's a, um, no, Pinot Nero. No, that's not Spanish. That's Italian. Italian. Yeah. 
<laughs> I haven't even had a sip yet. <laughs> um, I knew it was good, but I also was like, what am I going to drink? I've been drinking so much over the weekend. So um, mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. And yeah. And uh, note, my my son was like, mom, that's a different color. That 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 red's a little lighter. And I was like, so we had a little conversation about the um, about the different grapes, but it's Italian. Antonucci is not a Spanish name. Everybody just like mm-hmm. listen to that part, then just like rewind over it and go forward or pass it. Just you know, ignore my my. Well, while part. you're getting your um, t- sniffing tasting notes, I will share. We must be on the same wine page um, because even though I didn't open that particular bottle uh, tonight, I almost did. You almost I opened literally almost opened that bottle, and um, so oh, you know, very fruity. I mean, this this Pinot Noir, uh, Pinot Nero, is very fruity. Um, yeah, I mean, you could like. If purple, if you knew what purple tasted like, this is what it tastes oh. like. You know, like, like it actually tastes its color. Um, very. I kind of get the sense of that's like, I don't know, kind of a grape Kool Aidy. Like that's what I would think purple would taste like. Yeah, but I didn't know if that was like okay to say that about a wine. <laughs> it reminds me of like you know grape bubblelicious gum. Okay, and, you know, oh, I love that was my favorite. Love that stuff. So it's but it's so it's really. Right there in the front of your mouth. Um, so this is almost like a fruit roll-up panty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was almost like a fruit roll-up panty, an edible panty, um, great flavored. Uh, when you're stuck in quarantine and you can't get to the grocery store, make sure you have a pair of these panties around so that you can uh, just tear them off and eat them. Yeah. Ladies, yeah. always have a pair of these edible panties in your purse, useful for the last minute overnight stay. Or, <laughs> oh, I mean, like, <laughs> don't you hate it when you have had like an overnight stay and there's not any fucking food in the refrigerator and you're already like hung over mm-hmm. from your crazy night the and night ravenous and ravenous, and you're like, <laughs> you're like, seriously. All you have are protein shakes. <laughs> like the last thing you want is a protein shake at that point in time. Protein like, shakes and coast soap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I gotta get out of here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat my arm off. You know. So yeah, if you have your fruit roll up edible panties, yeah, and you're, you can eat and them or wear them. I'll never. You'll never be you'll never be at a loss. So, um, but there's probably an expiration date because otherwise you're gonna get crackly, and then it's just. Oh, yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's what I'm drinking. And this and this <laughs> bottle at the wine merchant's about $18. So all you're looking right. at an $18 bottle. Not bad. Not bad at all. Well, what my bottle drinking? is in the same price point. I am drinking a Zingendas, which is, oh. of course, one of my favorite regions of wine. Uh, and, and this is a 2015. It's a Bois de Manche. Um, I actually, you know, uh, I've picked this one up a few years ago. It's been in, in my, my drawer. It's kind of one of those I've picked up a few vintages of this particular producer. Um, I've always been very happy with it. It, it has all the characteristics of a Zygandas that I like. So like on the nose, you get the blackberry, you get the plum, you get black truffle, you know, and on the palate, 
all of that comes through with even more complexity. There's all these savory kind of aromatics, the rosemary, that forest floor, the, you know, I'm really getting a ton of earth on this. Um, So it has everything. I love even some gaminess, you know, like, you know, and getting that kind of wild boar kind of thing going on. So it's, it's It's not a fruit roll up. (laughs) Definitely not. You have dessert, I have dinner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's, it's quite yummy. Very happy with this choice. Yeah. So Beth, what are you drinking over there in Toronto today? Well, I had to represent. So this is something really simple from the grocery store. I don't drink a whole lot, uh, so but I knew we would be on here. So it's Jackson Triggs from Niagara Falls, Ontario. Oh, cool. Oh, a Pinot Grigio, yeah. So I haven't had wine from that area. Okay, yeah. So maybe I'll have to find a way to send it to you. Because Hell you nice. probably won't get to cross the border anytime soon. No, <laughs> my God. No. We have the wrong passport to be able to cross the border right. to Canada now. They're just oh be like, no, we don't want you guys. Oh, my. <laughs> take take your infectious selves and go <laughs> back, to your, back to your towns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How, is, how is it going for you guys there? Oh, you know, it's pretty tame, to be honest. Uh, but everyone has a different perspective. I have different friends right. who are saying this, uh, you know, this is really, we've got to get out and move about and get the, um, what do you call it? The, the, the herd herd immunity. uh, Thank you. The herd immunity. And then others that are saying, no, you have to stay in as long as possible. It's just, and I think that's the same probably anywhere. I think people are just having Mm -hmm. different perspectives and then it really depends who's in your world. Do you have small children? Do you have elderly? Do you, so there's, and, and then there are some who've been very affected by it and then others not so affected. So you're just, everyone has a different perspective and I think, yeah, so it's likely the same. I imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did they did they shut down your economy too, or make you know everybody work from home for a while? Um, uh, every province did it differently, um, okay. but in Ontario, yeah, everything got shut down. Uh, schools, my kids are home, uh, so schools were shut down, and uh, so things are just like the provincial parks just opened on the weekend. And uh, I, I drove north myself because I needed to get to nature. So, um, yeah, it was like ex- mass exodus of the city. People were really cr- – because this is our cottage country time. Toronto is a big town that wants to go north to cottage country. Really? So, yeah. So they just – they opened up the, uh, the park. So it's slow. The economy's slowly opening up, but really they're just being careful. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of curbside pickup. That's where it's at mostly yeah. for essentials. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm guessing the same. For what, well, they, are you experiencing the same in your area? Yes. They just uh, reopened the businesses, you know, or Today. The, the opportunity okay. yeah. they want to reopen. So it's yeah. up to them now. Yeah. Um, I, w- I thought there would be more people in my office building today, but there weren't, which was yeah. fine. Yeah. But there's, you know, there are only two people per uh, only two people could be in the elevator at a time. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I kept my mask with me just in case I needed to put it on real fast. Yeah. Um, but I work by myself, so I don't have to worry about exposing anybody. I, you know, I keep pretty clean and the, it's, it's been clean to my office the whole time I've been gone because the, the janitorial staff have, have been, um, making sure everything's cleaned down every day, several times mm-hmm. a day. I'm not looking forward to when everyone is back and having to deal with traffic again. 
oh, and I'm an introvert, so I just love this. So I'm the same. There's so many things. I ask my daughters, what is it you want to keep from this time? Because I haven't, Everything. Had, to run, I haven't had to run them <laughs> anywhere. Like, it's been lovely. And, yes, <laughs> I've got them. I, like, they have to hang out with me. They're, they're 13 yeah. and 10, so they, they're stuck with me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's been nice that way. Yeah. So I'm. I would love to explore with you. I mean, there's a lot of questions. One, okay, you're a pleasure coach, so we need to dive into what that really means. But mm. the other thing I'm thinking, you know, in this time, I think that relationships, if you're living with people, right, you're either blossoming or you're doing the exact opposite. So, as a pleasure coach, how has this time? you know, either challenged your patients or has it brought them close together as a whole? Or, you know, how has that made a shift in the dynamic of what it is that you do? A lot of, I mean, I just threw like 10 questions at you. So. Which one you want to start with. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I love it. <laughs> well, well, I will say what, what, uh, what pleasure coach means, because that might help set a framework for the answer. Um, or the multiple answers. <laughs> um, pleasure coach, uh, my work is really about how to bring, give your, ourselves permission for authentic pleasure. That, And by that, I mean the, authentic to each self. There's Everyone has an idea of pleasure. In fact, a lot of people think pleasure is sex. Who are listening, that's a natural right. thought. And pleasure includes sex, yes. <laughs> but it is life. And um, it's how do you bring authentic pleasure in into every area of your life? And some people, they're starved for pleasure in the area of intimacy. Some are starved in the area of purpose. Some are in every other, every aspect of life. So I work with um, individual individuals and couples um, who are feeling the agony of not enough pleasure in their life. And it will vary who shows up. Um, and so you're, you've asked like, yeah, a lot of really good questions because I find if you would, you would probably agree with this given, you know, friends and what people are, what the, the buzz is, right? Is that whatever was there already just gets exaggerated. So mm -hmm. if things were tense and yet not being spoken of, they're going to come to the surface. And that's what I'm seeing. Um, and if things were good, but there was just a lot of busyness and a lot of, you know, you couldn't have the time together. They're actually, they're, that's where they are coming close. Those who had, the first thing the, where there was an underlying tension, but they had good communication skills, I'm seeing that they're actually having the time and the, um, with, with a threat like this, I mean, that's how it's been perceived, right? A threat. This is a pretty huge life experience. Then the importance of one another comes trumps over those issues underneath the surface so it's not like everyone who had issues under the surface because don't we all went mm -hmm. like at each other but those who who could see had enough communication skills to see within themselves and how to talk to each other could then actually use this time and and pick what was most important and let those you know irritating things fall <laughs> and and discuss what's under it like what really is under that whole situation whatever that could be you know toothpaste annoyances or <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about that kind of before is that this uh the shutdown forced anybody to you know take a close look at what was going yeah. on in their lives if they're single or or yes. partnered yeah. because you you know you couldn't just fill it with all the things that keep you happy um you know going here, going there, you know, your calendars, the evenings are so full or, you know, morning meetings and you just, you know, fill everything up real fast or yeah. real 
you know, um, uh, intense. And then you don't actually pay attention to what either your body is telling you. Yeah. If you have a, um, a, a situation you need to take care of, or just like, no, that headache doesn't matter. I'll just take another ibuprofen or something, you know, um, and ignore it. So I think, mm-hmm. I think that's a benefit from, uh, hopefully it's been a benefit for people. Yeah, that, and that's what I found. Yeah, exactly. Because I was doing for the first little while where I was just adjusting what was going on. People were adjusting. There was a, there weren't a lot of sessions that I was having, and I was just doing these group um, gatherings. I called pleasure pods for peace, and I was having people just come together for an hour to reconnect to peace or to pleasure, whichever was missing in their world. And they, they feed into each other. And it was just really allowing them space to realize there was a lot of stress being carried in their bodies. And a lot of people prior to this were carrying like this low grade, constant stress and they weren't also registering it. Right. And so Mm -hmm. just really having people getting in touch with self and how to get in touch with self without getting stuck in your head and that quagmire, but going to the body has been a big, big change for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, this is a time of quiet. And yeah. so, uh, which which you have more time to process everything. I, I definitely feel that there is more peace in my life, you know, because of that quiet and the ability to kind of work through things. And, you know, even though I've been proactively working on all kinds of projects, I've had more time to just myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, because yeah. you weren't getting phone calls like, hey, meet me here. Let's go to this place or that place, you know, and the, right. those distractions those, those that, that we love, right? Mm-hmm. And miss. Um, that entertain more, us, right? That entertain us, um, um, weren't coming. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all kind of had to figure out our, our way. Um, I know in the beginning it was kind of novel and new and I was like cleaning shit out and mailing stuff off to my kids and I'm like, I'm powering through. But now I've got like, now I feel I'm getting on the other side of the stress of like, everything to me opened up and I'm not done. I haven't, I haven't cleaned everything out. You know, (laughs) I've lost it. I missed my chance to to make everything perfect in my house. I've missed my chance, you know? Um, And then I have to go, well, okay it's, you know, I can clean it out. I can get up off the couch and quit watching this Netflix series or this BritBox series or this Acorn TV series and just go clean out that closet. You know, I mean, I can, it's just one of those things. Well, I, I think that the truth of it is, is that we're, we're really not through this, uh, this COVID era, you know, um, uh, there's various opinions on whether or not reopening is premature, you know, but the bottom line is, is even though we've only, at least in the United States, been really um, going through this for a couple of months, the rest of the world is, you know, it was was at it before us. Uh, I think that even though this was just a couple of months of impact that we've felt, I feel that there has been a shift in our behavior as a direct result of it. And even though the world is starting to open back up, I'm not ready to go out and socialize in large groups. I'm not going to be going to a bar anytime soon or a restaurant or, uh, you know, any place where larger populations are going to be because personally I feel it's too soon. And, um, and I value, you know, I value, uh, uh, all of those around me enough to go, you know what? It's just, we need to 
be cautious. Mm-hmm. And I've we've already proven that we can have productive lives and happy pleasurable lives. <laughs> well, I was going right? to ask I was going to ask on that cuz I'm glad you said that. You said that pleasurable lives because and, and Beth and, and with you working with your clients what brought us pleasure before was usually external, right? Going to the theater, going to the mm-hmm. symphony, um, catching a movie with the kids, uh, a wine tasting for sure for the clearly speaking yeah. crew. Um, you know, other people, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, things like that. Have you had to help people identify or how do you have, how do you help them identify to find that pleasure internal, In, right? Exactly. Exactly. I, internal. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think a lot of people are saying it. And so maybe I'll be amongst some, you know, friendly company, but this time has actually been a benefit for people around pleasure. Now, there are people who are, have not had this benefit, and I would say across the board, essential workers have not had the pause. Okay? Right. right. And then their right. families. So ex- excluding essential workers and their families and excluding those who've been ill or have had a lot of people ill in their families. So there's there's mm-hmm. there's those pockets. And they're, they're dealing with a very different experience than those of us who didn't, where we actually got a pause, a general pause. Someone, one of my colleagues calls it the great pause. I don't know if she coined it or something. Oh, wow. And it's a really interesting thing because when when you come to pause, there there's no like think say you come to an end of a road and you haven't really got clear which direction to go. You have to pause and you have to discern which way do I want to go. And so we've all come to a pause. So whatever version of our own internal reflection or our own assessment. Maybe it was, okay, I'm going to watch two Netflix movies and follow whatever the main character did. And that's what I'll do for the rest of my life. Like there will be people who will be like that, but then there'll be others who will be like, okay, I'm going to actually take up some quiet meditation. I'm going to do this intentionally, or I'm going to do journaling, or I'm going to do whatever, whatever, right? I'm going to clean my house, which is highly <laughs> actually meditative in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't like let your mind wander off to something else because you'll be like, I haven't even moved from this section. I have a rest <laughs> of my house. You know, exactly. you have to stay present. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so because of that pause, people are actually asking questions they never took the time before. And, and I, I love that you mentioned like people got pleasure from external and, you know, going out and doing that. It's not that that won't be the case going forward. I think it will get savored more and it will be more selective for going mm. forward. And the, the, what I'm observing with people is that what before I might've felt like I was screaming this silent scream <laughs> into the busy of lives of people like, wait, you really see what's true to you. Check what's true. Like, <laughs> and then I'd have people coming, Oh, but I just want great sex. Cause they'll, they'll that's yeah. what they'll come to me. And I'm like, but what's actually true to you in your whole life? Cause how you do one thing is how you do everything and how you do one thing impacts how you do everything. And so constantly it was like, okay, I want you, especially couples, I want you guys to pull apart here for a second because you've got to find you. You've got to find out what's authentically your pleasure. And it could include going for a walk and it could include getting naked together, but you got to check in for yourself what all of that is before you can actually share authentic pleasure. So this has been, this has been like this forced pause and, and you can't help, but again, like I said, at that, at that crossroads, you're going to pause and reflect on which choices do I want to make? Yeah. 
Well, and then coming to the realization that pleasure can come from inside, you know, because yeah, some people, we, yes. we're conditioned to think it has to be, somebody else has to bring it to me. Oh, I have to get it from external validation. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think culture now is a bit more aware of, we can't expect someone else to make us happy, but I still think we expect, at least from what I've observed in right. my work, uh, is that we do still expect someone else to bring us pleasure. And I'm like, then mm-hmm. there's a distinction and I'm going to talk specifically about the bedroom. Now I, I yeah. want to be clear with everyone who's listening. I will zoom in and always talk about the bedroom because I grew up religious and that wasn't <laughs> allowed to be talked about. And I also want to extend pleasure to the whole life because I feel like, yeah, go ahead. So was that like a personal awakening for you to reconcile the fact that you grew up in an environment that didn't, um, uh, respect or honor or cultivate personal sexual pleasure was that and, and how did that then inspire you to be to weave that into your practice yeah it is so much why I'm doing what I do <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> so and and I now this they who I grew up around was Christian evangelical was the flavor of my upbringing and, and a lot of beautiful things. In fact, I do a workshop that is um, really focused on those who were, I quote, quote, quote unquote, affected by religion. And, and in that workshop, I have people, you know, do the ranting because we need to rant a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. also really, really honor the beauty of what religion. So anyone listening, like there's, a, there's both sides of the coin in every upbringing, whether it's cultural or religious upbringing. And so for me, in my upbringing and my personal take on it, because we all translate everything. So how I translate it was that um, sex was bad, body was bad. Uh, except once you get married, then you should be able to do it really just fine. And you don't really talk about it, but you just go ahead and do that and, and have some kids. And so there was just a missing it's kind of a conversation. terrifying. It's really yeah, terrifying because yeah. if you think about the fact that you're not allowed to really talk about it or explore it pre-marriage, mm. now going and getting married and all of a sudden it's expected of you, Yeah, you know, uh, and you don't even know what to expect. Mm. It's so tricky. That's those are my favorite humans to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, because that, like you asked, was that that was that I forget what you an awakening, and it absolutely was. It was totally, totally cheesy awakening for me, <laughs> but yeah. it was. It was massive because um, it was awakening to life. Like I was clinically diagnosed with depression because for me, it wasn't just about sex. It was pleasure and other. It was really about <clears throat> not looking at what what was pleasurable to me. Um, pleasure even as a whole guilty pleasure is a real deal like people really struggle well, with guilty pleasure or or, or people are, are they're are afraid of pleasure because they don't mm-hmm. they don't grow up with it right so Correct. that's a that's an um an uncomfortable feeling yes and then you so. feel then you're like embarrassed that you enjoyed it Right. Yeah. If, if we're talking about sex um, yeah. or the pint of ice cream, you know, um, <laughs> or the four bottles right. of wine Friday night. <laughs> right. Wasn't it so <laughs> is guilty. You know, so, so that, um, let me. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So is that fear what prevent? Is that, is that a, a contributing factor to keep them from not acknowledging that pleasure is okay? It, it is such a huge, like, it's like this um, spiral effect. So let's assume one or both people in a relationship have grown up with some bad wrong around pleasure, 
Okay. Can be different degrees, but any degree it ha- it's in, in their bodies, not just in their minds. So it's like belief systems in mind, but our body also carries memories of everything. So let's say that one part, oh, and generally there's no communication happening around it. So there's no real back and forth. What do you want? What do I want? And there's not a lot of thought around what do I want? Any tiny hint of what I want, there's either like an excitement and then the guilt, like you're saying, in the thought process, let alone if it even gets to like happen. <laughs> and and then if you can't think about something or share what your actual desires are or share what something wasn't comfortable or good or fun, then you're there's a there's a there's all these messages going on in people's mm. heads like, oh, I should have liked that. Or, oh, I really wanted that, but I can't say that. And so there's things happening in each of these individuals, but they're there present naked together, right? Mm -hmm. So, and yet when I talk to people about nakedness, the most challenging nakedness is vulnerability, not Mm -hmm. body naked. You can actually close your vulnerability off and be naked with someone. Right. When you're naked and vulnerable, then you're the full naked. And that's, that's terrifying if these things are running through your mind. And if they know, like so many people, one of the biggest things, this like literally, if I, if my work was literally to give people everyone a chance to have one hour of their entire life where they could talk about all their desires and know that they didn't have to do it, any of it, but mm-hmm. they could speak it and they could like put it out into the, they could hear it themselves and no one mm-hmm. was going to smite them. <laughs> no one was going use to it against them later. use it against them later. No one was going to even yeah. think judge they them. Judge yeah. them. Like, and, and, and they wouldn't themselves be like, I can never have that. Like, so if they could just have that one hour, that is usually the very thing that starts to lighten their load that they've shared these deep, dark, mm. which aren't even that deep or dark. If you well, the thing them. is, yeah. the truth of it is, is, you know, when you are revealing that true vulnerable self, um, you know, and you're, you're around the right people, that is appreciated and honored and, 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 and you don't have to worry about being judged negatively. People will, will connect with you on a greater level. So so true. I just think that, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know the percentage because I'm not a sociologist. I just have a podcast. I think that in our histories, as experiences as human beings, I can, you know, women, we have probably shared that vulnerable side growing up early teens, now your twenties, thirties, whatever with the wrong person. Oh yeah. Well, at least one time. Oh my might, goodness. You might've yes. made the mistake a couple times <laughs> and then you have been beaten down so much from so being true. that vulnerable that then you don't then you become harder to become. You don't trust again. it. Yeah. You don't trust anybody. Exactly. Yeah. So then we come back to the alone time. And that's why this alone time, honestly, for singles, I tell them, oh my gosh, when you're single, this is brilliance. And most people think I don't have a sex life. I don't have pleasure to worry about. Uh, my pleasure is my work oftentimes is what gets said. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time is when you can actually come to be vulnerable with yourself about your body. And that's in 
in touch, but not just touch. Most people think when I'm saying that, I'm talking about self-pleasure. And yes, of course, it's knowing your body, but it's really allowing yourself to restate these things, even even go through the, the hurts and say, okay, yeah, like I was hurt, but does that mean that's who I am? Or is that who that right. person was? And they were reflecting on me. And so this this, yeah. this time can allow for that space. You had yeah. said that as a result of this, we're going to be more selective, mm. you know, because we're going to be, okay, I'm not going to be getting in a room with 20 people. I'm going to be going out with one person. And who is that one person right. I want to be with? These are people we trust our vulnerabilities with. Yes. Oh, definitely being selective. I mean, I, I know I've been selective even during this time period where, you know, I will just call a friend who I haven't seen in a while that I, you know, thought, think about all the time, but it'd be like, Hey, knowing that they too are on, uh, are on like, like the slowdown time. Right. And we're, since we're both available, would you want to come over for a, a bottle of wine and we'll sit on the porch and talk and catch up, you know, that kind of stuff because, but it's almost easier to do that because we have to be, we're having this pause then when you would reach out, oh, I'm so busy. I've got this, I got that. And you reach out a few times and they're not available. Then you just quit asking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You yeah. know, that that's pre-COVID times. I, but I think we're, we're going to continue to be more selective because it's it's been richer. It's been richer experiences yeah. with, mm-hmm. you know, individuals as opposed to, I got to see everybody. And so I'm just going to meet everybody at the bar and it's going to be this little combo, this little combo, this little combo, you know, for four or five hours and then you're gone. Right. Yeah. I I have found though on those experiences. So Michelle, you know, we, we got to, you know, sat outside at your place for your birthday and, you know, I've had a few opportunities with our producer and same kind of thing where we're, you know, social distancing, but still seeing each other. And, um, I have found because I'm so starved for that kind of human connection right now. I mean, it is 14 hours of socialization, you know. <laughs> I actually love that you use that word starved. It's honestly anyone who comes into one of my workshops or if they even come to do the work on their own, they are starved. So I love, cause we're all having a sensation of this yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and most people that end up wanting to do the work around pleasure have put it off for some time. Uh, well, and, how do they find you? I mean, how, what's yeah. like, what's sort of like a, 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 a sample case study of what finally got them to search you out? I mean, it's, are, are, are they having a physical problem that they can't treat medically? Are they, you know, fa- facing, you know, an, uh, like financial crises? Or I mean, I, I'm just curious, are they- No, that's their- such a good question. And oh my gosh, I love that question. Okay, let me just play out a few scenarios of who, who shows up. Um, couples who have been around the block, meaning they've done therapy, they've even sometimes done sex therapy, and they, they still definitely want to be together. But this one area is just not working. So those, they, they'll come, they'll come up. And, and I call them my lifers. It's not an easy journey for them. So yeah, that's not, that's a tricky journey at that point. And then another, another um, person that comes up is 
the I don't I haven't coached single men uh, except in groups. So uh, for individual coaches or sorry, individual clients, uh, women who have come out of some relationship, whether it's a marriage or not, and they've they found themselves to a degree, but this area they have no clue how to handle. They really don't know how to navigate it and be authentic to themselves, but also have like great intimacy. But like, how do they, how do they walk that line of being, holding their values and navigate this whole world of dating truly in a way? And yeah. So, and then the people who are in workshops, I do workshops on, um, we talked about the erotic blueprints. People are curious about, um, how to actually do sex. So many of us didn't get good sex ed and I don't even know who got pleasure sex ed because. So yeah. when you talk erotic blueprints, I know yes. that when we, you and I, we've all had our little hangout time before <laughs> yeah. to know each other, but um, our audience hasn't mm-hmm. had a chance to learn about that. You're talking, is the erotic blueprint, is that part of what you're saying of how to do it? Is it like a love language? It is. It's, okay. okay. So when I, so I've talked a little bit about authentic pleasure here and I, I use the word authentic and I'm coining that. Nobody else, like who cares? What, I'm saying it differentiating from pleasure because media, movies, there's all kinds of versions, uh, porn, magazine, whatever. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of versions of what pleasure should be. And, I, and I'm talking about erotic or intimate pleasure at this point. And, and I'm saying authentic pleasure, differentiating it, that each individual has to find what's their authentic pleasure, meaning satisfying, truly satisfying to them. And it's different for everyone. And that includes your, it, it aligns with your values, your core value system. It aligns with who is it you're intending to be in that world, that higher self version of you. And then thirdly, it aligns with your pleasure types. And when you dig down to pleasure types, I'm a total nerd of type systems. So Myers-Briggs, um, yeah. whatever, Strengths Finders, Enneagram, all the, all the good stuff. And then when you zoom into relationship, love languages. And then I, I bumped into erotic blueprints, which is similar to love languages. Um, about three years ago, Jaya created it. And I, when I heard about this, it's, it's talking about five pleasure types and then also sexual stages and pathways to pleasure. So it's, it's, a, it's a rich... Um, typing system. But when I, when I bumped into it, what was thrilling about it is it gave a lane. I was working with people around pleasure, no shame. And how do you, how do you navigate through shame when you've grown up with shame, right? right. I have pleasure. But then this, this type system showed up where it's a languaging. And when, when something's hidden, it's intrinsically shameful. And when something can't be spoken of with language, it's hidden. So when you can give language and words to something, all of a sudden it becomes less hidden and you have mm. more of a vehicle to uncover. Even if you can say the, the words in your head, it's more than a random thing that you should hide from. It becomes mm. something. It's so, kind of a feeling a great, that you can't really process. Correct. Well, even just a great exactly. example of that, talking mm. about giving something a, a language, was is the Me Too movement. Because all you oh, have to say is Me Too. And then everybody yes. understands exactly what you're talking about, right? That's so it. before then, we carried that shame within us because we didn't have a vocabulary. Yeah. But it's, but I, I, so that's just an example. I, uh, I was just trying to give an mm-hmm. example. of what, No, it's perfect. It's really which, helpful because yeah, this shame and this, this unspoken thing. Um, and like we were talking about, okay, if, uh, if people want to just do it better, <laughs> do sex better, they want to actually do pleasure in their lives better, but they don't realize. So when you said starving, 
I, when I'm, when I have my erotic, I'll, I'll talk about the erotic blueprints in a moment. I just want to, I want to like re- have people realize we're actually starved for pleasure, like authentic pleasure. I'm not saying, man, why this wine is very pleasurable, but is it my authentic pleasure to be drinking this wine? That's a good question. I, I given the way. I'm curious, do we just need to let guilt go? Ha! I love that question. Carry on. Why would you ask that? Well, I mean, because oh, we talked about, you know, the four bottles of wine that you're carrying <laughs> up to the curb, <laughs> the, the empty pint of ice cream, you know, and and I know that those are, you know, maybe, maybe you know, just softer, exa- softer versions <laughs> of what brings us joy. But I mean, pleasure, joy, they're, they're connected, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you can, I mean, yeah. it, you know, yes, doing yoga and being, being um, mindful of what your body needs and all those things are pleasurable. But, but there's also sometimes where, you know what, I need a day of rest and it will bring me pleasure to binge watch this show on Netflix. And why should I feel guilty about indulging in that if that's what I need to rest and recover? And, you know, so, but, but we do, we feel guilty about allowing ourselves time on the sofa, you know, <laughs> because so there's hard. all these. Exactly. I felt guilty out there. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Like, so, and that's why when I, when I, I created a, what I call pleasure method and in, and I, that's when I realized it was just from watching going, I analyzed way too much. So I went back and analyzed what the heck kind of shifted me. And one of the big things was I was aiming for pleasure, but it wasn't just any old pleasure. It, that it, it didn't work with just any old pleasure. It had to actually be authentic. And so the question is, is haagen authentic? Most of the time for me, it is. <laughs> Just yes. saying. So, but, <laughs> but but honestly, like there, I I actually struggled with eating disorder. I binged, and I went to twelve step for eating. So at times, no, the Hagen Dazs was definitely not authentic pleasure. So what differentiates that for me, even as an individual? And then, so mm. I got clear. It's like, oh, I really need to know what matters to me in life. So what are my core values? And a lot of people who've done coaching or done self development, you you've looked at your core values, so you should know like your top things that really really matter. And if if that pleasure does and align and that can be a little bit vague okay so then then you go down to who who am I really being in this world like honestly who do I want to be I want to climb a mountain okay then that means I need to be brave adventurous and slightly crazy so then probably (laughs) my authentic pleasure needs to be brave adventurous and slightly crazy like and so that's who I am and just start owning who is how who you are and and then the third is the pleasure types and that gets it, it starts to narrow it down a little bit more define yourself find out not box in I sometimes type mm. systems get a bad rap for boxing boxing us in yeah. but it's to find languaging to help us understand who we truly mm. are right and so yeah so then it's like yeah can we just get rid of this whole idea of guilt around this and okay difference of shame and guilt just quick quick thoughts on yeah. that and I okay, look at this yeah. constantly guilt may be a useful thing Guilt, but when guilt turns to shame, meaning you're bad and wrong, I'm bad and wrong, then it's no longer useful, I don't believe. So guilt can have us align with our conscience. And con- now by conscience, I mean who you truly are, not the morals uh, you should have. So right. in that case, I think the term guilt, if we could just come up with another word that didn't have all that loadedness to it, that would probably help. But if you something helps us to know that we want to turn left when when we have an option for left and right, we want Hagen Dazs tonight, or we want to do a little meditation and then Hagen Dazs, or maybe just the meditation in bed. I don't know. 
How do you know that? Well, there's something that helps us know that. I think religions have taught us that guilt helps us know that. I think, unfortunately, that has translated into shame because someone else has put on their core values onto Mm -hmm. this person, their life's intentions onto this person, rather than taught us as individuals to really, really, like, if if we're going to talk religion, what God, universe, God made us all individual. Universe is is having us be an iteration of, of the whole in our individual way. So I just feel, so for me, yeah, I could happily do without the word guilt for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. But the concept I think that's more dangerous is shame, where it becomes you're bad and wrong because of X, Y, Z. Well, I would think that would probably also go back to the religious, uh, the religion (laughs) um, that permeates our society, right? Because if people, if people are empowered, they're not going Mm -hmm. to um, fall in line. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we can keep them afraid, um, if we can uh, control them. Mm-hmm. then they will fall in line and do what we need for them to do. Um, I think that uh, I, one, I, had, I had a very wise friend one time say to me, and I was like, my world opened up when he said that um, happiness is actually our constant. Happiness is our constant state. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like happiness is our true state. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you think about the blue sky, when uh, unhappiness or discomfort are just the clouds that go by, but the happiness is still always there. But we have been conditioned to think that we're always trying to chase the happiness. Mm. And it, mm. once you've got to get to happiness, but happy is there. Mm. We just have periods of discomfort or disease. So like disease, when you put the two, it's dis and ease. It's unease, right? Because the rest of our life is ease. And so when he said that, I thought that makes so much wow. more sense. So it profound. feels more grounded, right? Yeah. So when I hear you say authentic pleasure, it makes me think of understanding that your pleasure is all the time. Yeah. Our pleasure isn't the orgasm. The pleasure isn't the the feeling of the eating of the ice cream or the drinking of the wine. We want people to understand it's okay to be pleasurable because ha- pleasure is your is your real state. Yeah, and wow. I often point people to kids. I mean, when kids come in, it is literally what they wake up thinking about is just what can I do today? That'll be fun. Like it is our it is our our innate way of being is to be in pleasure or happy or joy or content like that is our way and and different versions show up based on personality based on experience exposure etc and no I love what your your this person shared with you because I 100% believe that a pleasurable state is available 100% of the time yes mm-hmm. in orgasmic moments and it it it, and, and, and you can, like my, my, one of my mentors, Jaya, who created the erotic blueprint, she talks about that there's orgasm happening all the time. Just step into it. Like when you look at a sunset and if you actually allow your whole body and soul and mind to really be with what that is, that's a pretty stunning thing. And mm-hmm. again, this great pause time, like when we're slowing down, we're seeing things differently. We're actually more present and enjoying mm-hmm. those tiny little things that can have a, a flavor. Like maybe some people only 
anyway, I was going to say like, they, like if you have a range of how your experience is in bed, cause mine was pretty dismal for a long time. <laughs> then, then There's some work to be done on that one. Yeah. Just get over, get over all those years of bad sex. Right. right? right? It was like, well, but, and so when, when you, like, again, like, they were thinking pleasure was only had to last for 11 seconds, right? That's all they were time. It was very, for, it's for, very for on a good night. Day. It was three minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't have too much fun. So I'm going to end this at two minutes, 59 seconds. Very you know? purposeful. Let's go get those children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I think uh, I have this, I keep wipe. I, our listeners can't see me, but I have this bug that's flying around like a little <laughs> gnat. And so I just keep swapping my arms around. So I, <laughs> I, I, you're not going crazy in other words. Okay. No, All, right. Just, All right. All right. Bug keeps flying around, so um, uh, it's not pleasurable. It's not bringing me pleasure. The bug that's <laughs> flying around, uh, and I, I guess that's the thing is like we expect. Well, we've been conditioned by society, not and religion or whatever, but society because you know that pleasure is in pieces. That you get nuggets, and then the rest of their mm-hmm. time is not. And so, getting somebody to shift their mindset, then you start to see how good life is yeah, because it's good all the time. Yeah. You have your moments, you have your moments of discomfort, I'll say, you know, but, um, you know, I, I've, uh, I mean, especially since cancer or whatever, but I was like, you know, I don't, I don't have bad days. You know, there are people out there that just can't seem to ever have anything but a bad day. And that seems a very foreign to me. Um, and that doesn't mean I don't get like upset or, or um, angry or frustrated at a driver or something like that, but it doesn't <laughs> define my whole day. Um, so, so I, you know, so I would think that on like the, the pleasure scale, I'm pretty good at having pleasure in my life, hmm. at least solo. <laughs> I haven't had to do partner like with a like a, a relationship mm-hmm. person for a long time. So I don't know how that would be. Um, you know, I, I think that's powerful, time. Michelle, that you are able to um understand day-to-day, moment to moment, real, authentic, what makes you happy. And um and, and to live in that. And so I think when that time comes that you open your um, life to share it with a partner, it's, you're going to make the right choice because, because you, you enjoy your life and you want to protect and preserve that joy. So I, I think that when that time comes, it's going to be a much better fit than the selections that you've had in the past, <laughs> right? That didn't the, make the, buffet. the cut. Right. The buffet. Yeah. <laughs> I used to call my business gourmet sex life. So that just made me think you're going to have gourmet. But it's, it, but it's actually really cool. I wish I could talk forever. For, now I want to go and just ask loads of questions, of course, <laughs> to get to know you ladies more than this. Bring um, in the pleasure coach questions. <laughs> right, but right. Really, it's true. Like if you can find your own pleasure. And this is the thing that so many, and I was single for seven years and I'm just entering into something and yes, it's another ball game for sure. But <clears throat> it's like when you- I love that. <laughs> There's a lot in that. <laughs> that. Yes, that's a whole other story. All we're trying to do right now is find what word goes with that. 
<clears throat> what's that? What's the vocabulary that goes with that? We're trying to figure it out. Awesome. I think there's some new discoveries I I got, happening. I, I got caught out there. <laughs> You're so among your people. I was going all philosophical there, and then yeah. <laughs> okay. So I actually did want to say uh, today was a. I, I I'm so tempted to swear. Uh, today was one of those days where I did not feel in pleasure. And I, so I love Michelle that you were sharing that. And also that Emily, you honored that because it's, it's today was a day where I did not, I hermited. I'm an introvert. There are days I do not want to talk to anyone and I have two children at home and they like to talk. And so I got talked out and I tell them, you know, I have really, really clear. Now I know when something's up for myself, and I now own, and I actually, maybe I have thrown the word guilt out, uh, Emily. I love that because I now can own that I don't feel like talking or I don't want to do this. And I can allow my little kid to come out. No, I don't want to do this. Or no, I don't feel like blah, 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 whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then I can allow myself a moment. Okay, well, what do I really want? Because if you can get yourself to a place of re- like th- venting is very, very important. <laughs> healthy venting and you know if if you can do it in a way that can get you to the okay now what like I, I talk about it in mm-hmm. somersault people who I don't know if listeners here talk about manifesting and positive thinking oh yeah it, it can be such a uh, uh such a tricky thing because if you don't allow yourself the frustration or the negativity or the challenge then which so often positivity is and manifesting it's like no don't don't think the negative because you'll be manifesting the negative kind of release it Yes. And I, I talk about somersaulting. So today was a perfect example of somersaulting. I needed to feel the ugh, even coming on here. I didn't feel like chit chatting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> mine was calling me and you ladies, honestly, I really enjoy who you guys are. We had a conversation ahead of time. Yes. So I, I enjoy you both very much, but I was in a very introverted mode. And so I, I had to get clear, what do I really desire? And so what I really desired was an authentic conversation about things I love and with people I think are pretty cool people. And so then that's where I could find the somersault out of what I didn't want, but I had to go to where I didn't want. I don't want to talk to anybody. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and, and so then, and I told my girls, okay, I'm just going to spend some time on my own. And I think this is really, really important as individuals, whether we're in relationship already or not, because if we can find our groove around that, that whole sequence the whole sequence of what I desire. Oh, I'm not getting it. Okay. That's annoying. And rant it and then go, okay, what do I desire? And then move toward it just a little bit more. Find out how can you voice it? How can you actually ask and request it from yourself? Most of all, mm-hmm. give yourself permission for the, the Netflix binge, for the Haagen-Dazs or the time in quiet, whatever that is that you really know you need. Or want. And, and, and be okay with the fact that, okay, I thought I wanted Yes. That Hagen does, but it didn't actually bring me with the pleasure. I or you. you know, I thought you know because people as, again, we're we are susceptible to what is out oh, there God. in the Hollywood and books and magazines that we think yeah. that that article of clothing, that vacation, that um, car, that uh, you know whatever it is is going to be the thing that brings me pleasure. And then, so you, you work with people to get themselves, okay, yeah, give yourself permission. You, you have this pleasure, but then to, when, to, to go ahead and be okay and not beat yourself up for the fact that, wow, it doesn't bring me pleasure. (laughs) It doesn't hit the spot, you know, whether, and, and it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're weird 
because the rest of the world thinks driving a BMW convertible is awesome and you don't, right? Well, it doesn't mean you're weird. It you just know, means that you're, yeah. you're, you're learning to be true to yourself because a lot of people would just keep driving it, right? Just keep driving it because I'm supposed to like this fucking thing. I'm just got to drive it because that's what the world says I should do. Right? What brings your pleasure one day isn't going to necessarily bring you pleasure the next day. You know, just th- thinking about physical pleasure, ladies, exactly. our orgasm moves around. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can catch it in multiple places, just like life. And the, exactly, like, and all of this that you're speaking of and knowing that, oh, I think I want this now. And, oh, no, it wasn't quite that. That's literally mm-hmm. what you get to do in the bedroom and play. And I'll have my couples and, and individuals and have them play around with their own, like, self-pleasure and give their – you don't have to get off. You don't have to feel the whole big, like, uh, I don't know, like – Waterfall. The, you know, yeah, you know, waterfall. Anyway, so, <laughs> so <laughs> you don't have to have all of that every time. In fact, how about you just like play and, and have no outcome because then you can have, oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. Oh, wait, no, stop. <laughs> and bring the play in it. And that's, I actually, I've done improv with couples to have them oh. try to bring play and bring this because they even I had a couple who did improv and I'm like oh perfect let's bring that here because there's a there's a there's a non attachment in improv that allows you to have fun regardless of the outcome you're just having fun together and right. there's some ways you can do that by letting go of you have rules you have to have some guidelines and that's true in the bedroom you've got to like know what are my containers what are what is it maybe this is a no-go zone tonight we're not doing intercourse tonight yeah. right or we are and we're definitely doing intercourse and that's one of our we're going to agree to that even if one of us is like okay in the end you tell me what you want and i'll i'll give to you like that can be part of the guideline that can be part you, of it but you know you, yeah, yeah you, you know you're. Um, sorry, <laughs> I just have this funny thought. But you know you're. Uh, you're definitely in a in a relationship where you can. You know, uh, you're open enough that you've decided. Yes, tonight we're gonna have intercourse. But now you're starting to like negotiate. Well, no, you go on top. No, no, I know you go on top. <laughs> no. All right. Well, what if what if, what if I just get on my knees? No, oh, that's too much. What what if we just what if we do it sideways? You know, like nobody wants to put like as much effort into it. Like I, I don't want to get a cramp in my thigh. I don't want to get a cramp in my thigh. You know, like I just don't want that. But I, I can you know lay on my side. That's fine. We'll I'll just lay on my side. That's good. You know, and then you know work it out like that. You know, <laughs> especially as you get older, right? <laughs> Sorry, that was I just had this. You know, this vision visions um, came into your mind visions came into mind <laughs> i love you know? i love that beth you're like in your improv moment there you're like okay let's just play this you know the the bedroom is a playground let's go this <laughs> way and that way <laughs> and yes, so you're am. like you're like maybe we just want to lay <laughs> 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 the yeah. whole range of dynamics there. <laughs> yeah. I guess I was looking forward more to like the long form version of improv in the bedroom right. versus the short form version. The short form version, you're going to need to have a lot of energy and get to the point pretty fast, you know? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Make the audience laugh. Long form, you got about 20 minutes. You got to make it last all 20 minutes. <laughs> Is that the, the long form? So 20 long minutes? Form. That's a long form. That's a long form set. You know, twenty minutes. You've got to sustain it, right? You can't. You can't bring it all on the first two minutes. 
right? Because then the audience is just going to be like, well, what Long else form is there? For improv. I just got it. I just got it. It's a ratio. Perfect. Yes. I was thinking long <laughs> yeah. form for sex, 20 minutes. Anyway. Well, well, it would be. It could be. It could be. Yeah. It could be longer, ladies. I, I mean, let's have hope. Be. I have to. See, I have to share these. Uh, so, in case no one ever goes anywhere else, you need to know about the erotic blueprints, please. Because I wish every one of I, I'm trying to teach my kids in a child friendly way, everyone, so you don't freak out. But um, <laughs> because we don't learn about pleasure in the bedroom, we hardly know techniques. But honestly, if you knew that we all had five different pleasure types, it's massive because of this very conversation. There's energetic, which is the long form times long form. It's like space, uh, all of that. And then there's the sensual, which is, as you think, they love the senses. There's the sexual and they're the short form. Let's just do it to the point. Wow. Okay. So where, where, where does, there's one more though, but it's okay. Go ahead. Where does I need to have opportunity to keep talking to you? I I want to know. Breaks to chit chat. (laughs) That's, that would be me. Right. Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah. But say it again. So in my, it, it, what form is it, what erotic blueprint is it that allows for, you know, breaks so I can keep talking? I got things to say that, that maybe not necessarily like <laughs> go left, go right, you know, you. Yes, I'm, I'm, have a conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty verbal and not like, Oh, Oh, you know, I'm like, but more like, <laughs> just, well, yeah, maybe that's verbal. one of the types that would be more in your energetic type, likely okay. only because energetic loves connection and connection is what actually so conversation, connection, pausing long, like days and days of time ahead before having sex and during sex, having it elongated for sure. And <clears throat> elongated. Wow. And and the, oh. uh, there's two other types. One is kinky, which is honestly just being naughty. You're naughty. It's yeah. not necessarily what you think is kinky, and it could sure. be spanking, <laughs> yeah. play, that kind of stuff. But but it's not just that. That's what I'm saying. It's like you get turned on by what's naughty to you. So if you've only mm-hmm. ever done one position and you're going to try a new position, you may be kinky because that's slightly. It's the kind of person who wants to go on a roller coaster, who runs their own business. So now everyone who runs their <laughs> own business, who's your friend, you're going to wonder. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> And what is Emily, what's Emily Heidi behind those stilettos? What does she have in the back of that closet that she's not on the screen? So many questions. You're only seeing half of the closet, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and then there's the shapeshifter who loves them all and and gets turned on by all of them right at the beginning. They, they're they're just the starting point. They're the turn on, like right. Like it doesn't mean that we all yeah. can't access all kinds of pleasure. Anyway, I wanted to throw that in there because we were talking about the duration. <laughs> so different, <laughs> different pleasure types actually will prefer different ways and durations and tones and conversation styles and touch, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I had I had a partner say to me one time, "Boy, you talk a lot." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Really? Yeah. Is that a problem?" Blah blah blah. As I kept you know so during sex, they're just like, <laughs> "Like, can you just like stop talking?" I'm like, "I don't think so." You know, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> the brain's going, the mouth is going, everything's going. You know, I'm shooting on all cylinders here. You just got to deal with it. <laughs> Yeah. But then I also was, you know, younger and I was like, oh, is there, you know, I, I then internalized that request for me not to talk, yes. right. Or to talk less yes. as a bad aspect of my personality, mm. you know, exactly. like, yeah, as opposed to finding somebody who was like, oh man, that is so hot that you're talking to me right now. Right. 
right yeah, or, or, or cultivating it in each other because it, we like yeah. literally my visual that went through my mind when you said it Michelle was that you could talk and talk but your hands could be doing things and then you and then yeah and then and then having each other understand where you're coming from and again when we're young we weren't taught this stuff we weren't taught and you're that. not going to see you're not going to see the talking porn star you know <laughs> right I mean, you know. so let me tell you about this amazing article I read <laughs> there, right while there. I, while I stroke your, while I stroke your balls, let me oh talk about gosh, this stuff that I, I that. that I read the, the other day. You're gonna just love this, and not, you know, yeah, it does because you know that's not. It's mind blowing. Nice, fun. Oh, there she comes, a talking oh. porn star. There yeah. she comes. Or there he comes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they'll, be like, they'll say something like, well, he can't come in your mouth if you're talking. Right? <laughs> or could he? That could be more adventurous. Come on, buddy. Try. Try. Try to shut me up. <laughs> Make it a game. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're always throwing popcorn in your mouth, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was just cut. But I, I think, you know, I wished I had had a little bit more of a sense of authentic. Now, I mean, I knew I was authentic, but like more of a sense of like a, I'm who I am, and this is how I, this is how I am, mm. and you know, and and to be actually upset with that request, mm. you know, that that. Um, that my first reaction was to think that there was something wrong with me mm-hmm. versus, oh, that, you know, that was shutting me down. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't take, if you can't enjoy all of this about me, then you shouldn't have me. And we're not together now, but I mean, just, I just re- wish I'd had what I have now a little earlier in my life. If, if you don't yeah. mind me interjecting though, sorry, I, if I could throw, it, it tends to either be I'm wrong or they're wrong in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And right. it's neither. We yeah. none of us have a clue in the bedroom. I, I'm like, and and that's like, and once we can realize we don't have a clue, that's where the play and adventure and discovery can happen together. Because probably, and Michelle, I mean, I'm just, told, I'm doing this for the the benefit of people because this is so common, right? Like of like right. someone criticizing someone else, and then you're like, oh my gosh, you're right, and then we take it and we internalize it, or we do the other thing and we say, f you, like. If you don't like you take it or leave it, like it's usually one of the other, yeah. literally that's going to not foster togetherness <laughs> Yeah, and it doesn't right. mean that it's a, it's a fit always. Like maybe it does need to end, but it may not need to end for that reason. And <clears throat> it could be that there's also a lack of understanding of what's possible in pleasure and a, and a fear that if they don't know partners are definitely afraid they do not know how to please themselves or each other. So there's a very massive fear factor going on, let alone knowing what you want, knowing what they want. So there's so much loadedness in that naked space so that if we could learn languaging and then learn that we could actually just fine. Okay. You don't like me talking. Okay, great. Wow. Okay, well, let's try talking where sex is awesome. How could it be awesome for you? What would that look like? And what do you like instead of talking? And how could we be creative and like bring creativity in and fun and play and and ask more questions as opposed to and and I, like what what I'm yeah. so clear on is we were brought up in an environment of judgment. 
And so it's mm-hmm. natural that we judge either, our, either ourselves or them. That's that's so much of one of the methods we were brought and up. And feel judgment, right? Yes. So, you know, so I think that's the other thing that is problematic is if you, I, I've been in situations where I've said a little to the right and, mm-hmm. you know, with the right partner, they're like, excellent. Thank you for that feedback. (laughs) But sometimes they're like offended Mm -hmm. that you, you, they're like, I'm getting there. And, (laughs) you know, and it's because they feel judged that they're not satisfying you properly. And then their feelings are hurt. And, you know, so that whole thing of being judged, feeling judged, judging all of it is part of this conversation. Yeah. So much. And, and that's why it's like, when that starts to show up a lot in the bedroom, it's indicative of what the relationship is like. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there's not going to be communication happening outside. I mean, right. I mean, yeah. If like can... if, if, yeah, exactly. Like it, it indicates how much you feel adored by each other. And, and wow. it's, not, it's yeah. not, it's not cut and dry. Cause some people have serious issues that show up in the bedroom that don't show up elsewhere, but then can you take it out and talk about it out there and not in the bedroom? And can you navigate it outside of the naked moment? But it really, and that's, that's where people who show up who think it's all about sex, it's not all about sex and the stuff shows up in sex. Yeah. (laughs) Things are, you know, yeah. Yeah. So a friend of mine said, uh, 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 an older, wiser female friend of mine said that uh, (laughs) um, foreplay is all day, every day for Mm -hmm. women. Mm. You know, oh, yes. And uh, my ex-husband didn't like that because he just thought it was just like 15, 20 minutes, you know, rub a couple of nipples and we're good <laughs> to go, right? I'm going to say it's for people who are of the type, like like the sexual type, they don't want foreplay and it wastes their time. But the other types will actually, like there's this idea that men and women are a certain type, but when you actually do some of the stats around the erotic blueprint types, it's not cast by gender only. Some of it is cast by gender because of societal thinking like it's okay for women to like sensual kind of sex and it's okay for men to like sex, get right to it kind of thing. But in fact, you, you, you see across the board on gender around the, the blueprint types. And so it's, it's 24 seven, I believe for everyone, because it just depends what is foreplay to you, what turns you on, what gets you hot and what actually feeds you authentically in your pleasure. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that uh, another uh, friend of mine said, and it's probably since you, what you've just, well, I'll tell you what she said, but I think it applies to both genders <laughs> based on what you just said, right? Um, but that uh, sex for women is an, as an outer expression of how they feel internally. Mm. Yeah, so oh, that's I, interesting. I like which that. Which I like that because it definitely oh. plays on Beth, the the five categories yes. that you talked about because sometimes we're feeling a little naughty yeah. sometimes we're feeling a little soft sometimes yeah. we're feeling a little hot you know I really you can, can you say that. that again that's a really nice saying sex for for women is an external expression of how they feel internally mm. yeah so what, if if they're you not took, what if you took the women out that, right right if you sex took that for, out sex is an external expression, an expression of how you feel outwardly of how you feel internally. And so like, if you don't feel loved by your partner, then your sex is going to reflect that Mm -hmm. if you don't feel adored, but if you do feel adored, if you do feel safe, if you do feel all those things and, you know, sex will, will Mm -hmm. reflect that. 
you know? Yeah, I think that's pretty powerful, Michelle. I have some very wise friends in my life, (laughs) you know, there's some things that stick with me. Um, And then I think about not to make it all about improv, you know, I do improv. Um, (laughs) There's vulnerability in improv. There are no, um, there's no, there's no script. So there's the the big unknown. It's playful, um, you know, and you, everybody's entering in it together to play whatever happens the only thing that's different is that improv gets a suggestion. So maybe mm. you have a suggestion box in, in your, your bedroom. bedroom? <laughs> Today's suggestion is... I love it. I love it. Dust bunnies. Okay. We'll have sex <laughs> like really duck is. bunnies. <laughs> and see, I love that because that really is... So spontaneity requires a spark. So Mm -hmm. people in relationship often uh, do not like the idea of planning, uh, having intimate time, whether it's sex or just intimate time. There's an aversion like, oh, it's not natural. It's not organic. But actually, it requires a spark to be spontaneous. So whatever that spark looks like, whether it's space, I mean, you plan time for improv. And Mm -hmm. I love that. There's a a starting point. There's a suggestion. So there's starting points. Oh, my gosh. I I hadn't seen that. I totally relate improv to sex, but I hadn't seen that as well. Thank you. (laughs) Well, it just just came. I love the suggestion box. (laughs) It just came to me. Well, because it would be be awkward to phone a friend for a suggestion, right? Because... Not everybody's having sex in front of audiences, you know. Not everybody. You know, on the five erotic blueprint, somebody's Mm. not having sex in front of an audience. Mm. So, um, but, you know, like just to reach out. And then it's like, then it becomes playful. But hopefully your partner's playful too, right? I mean, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, their partner can can um, find find the humor in that. Um, Well, it's something you would step in together, right? And maybe there's a way, Beth, to gradually get there. Well, I don't know. I just tell everybody I do improv. Yeah, and, so and, and, I do improv. So my life is improv, you know, and, uh, yeah. And others, they'll, they'll feel it's like a dance. They'll enter into the dance together. Like, a, but they, they both are a similar analogy because there's a flowing and a going with the flow that happens, but there's also a structure yeah. uh, that contains it. So, yeah. And, and, and both energies are required for the dance to be good. Mm-hmm. For the improv mm-hmm. to be good, for the sex to be good. I mean, you know, all that energy contribution is from all, both sides, right? Yeah. yeah. Even if we're just laying on the side because nobody wants to work too hard by being <laughs> on top, <laughs> you know, we still need to very, be there. Very valid pleasure. Very, very. You know, um, well, I was gonna. <laughs> so today I read in the or yesterday, and I was gonna ask you about this. Um, or the, and and, and uh, Emily does. I don't believe she read the same thing, but you might have. Um, the Dutch uh, Ministry of Health oh, I haven't read came this. up came out with their um, the their guidelines for sex and COVID nineteen. Whoa! Okay, tell me yeah. their fir- their their first um, their suggestion is definitely self pleasure. You know, just right by yourself. You know, and if you are with a partner, make sure with that it's mom. just with that. With the oh, with just that partner that they're not like you know right. going other places, but maybe you could do it socially distanced, so like your like mutual masturbation from across six, oh my six god, feet apart, basically, or you know, because like, they were like just I mean it was that was their thing by yourself or with your partner or if you if you're gonna beat somebody just basically get off looking at each other getting off. 
Wow. Wow. That's I'm loving cool that country. to be like, yeah, just, just, they're like advocating masturbation. That is amazing. I love that. And it's yes. becoming a part of their love language. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the Dutch. Impressed. I'm impressed. Yes. I love Dutch. that. I was in, I was a blurb in the news. Yeah, um, I was right. like, oh, perfect. We're talking with the pleasure coach tonight. I'll have to make sure I bring <laughs> that up. We might um, have to share that article, that article, Michelle. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I'll, I'll find it. I'll find the link and, and yeah. give it to you. Do you to the well, fancy with it on oh, our on absolutely. our Instagram? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> it brings you pleasure, Emily. It did. I I yes, I love it is a pleasure to share these pleasures with all yeah. of our Friends. Well, Beth, yeah. this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. I hope that yes. you will f- find time to talk with us again in the future because I think we've just not even scratched the surface of all the conversations that we can have. Um, I would be nice love- to see you in person at some point. Oh, yes. we should go to Toronto. Yes, we should go to Toronto. You know, my dad was born in Toronto and was adopted from Toronto, so I oh, could wow. like go to Toronto and find the bowling alley that my biological grandfather was a manager at. Yes. That would be a trip. Oh, that's wild. That, yeah. That would be cool. and, and then there's a great, and well here, so. a great improv scene in Toronto that's too. That's true. Yeah. Oh my that gosh. I would love to take, um, uh, take uh, classes and meet people. Um, but if you would do us a favor, send us some, that, that uh, maybe a link to the erotic blueprint or uh, the quiz. Mm-hmm. And um, for our listeners, I know we're going to have all this in the show notes ourselves, but what's an easy way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, best way to email uh, is beth at bethostrander.com and my website is bethostrander.com. So that's the easiest and quickest way. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well, but that just gets a little exhausting. So just uh, check me out sure, at bethostrander.com. So yeah. Cool. Well, we'll have those in the show notes. Yeah, good. And, and thank um, you so much for uh, a really great conversation that we can yeah. Uh, through various topics around pleasure. <laughs> what a joy. Yeah. Well, that's a great conversation. <laughs> it was a pleasure you know? conversation. So yeah. here's to you. And uh, we'll talk yeah. soon. Cheers. Ching, ching. Ching. Cheers. 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 Cheers.